What's up, guys? Brett Apley here from DailyFanMMA.com, back with another UFC Quick Picks here on the Mayo Media Network. We have UFC 269 this weekend, Oliveira versus Poirier in the main event. It's, it's a great card. It should be a fantastic slate. 15 fights. Um, as always, I'm going to give you my favorite cash game play, tournament play, salary play, and my fade of the week for this event. Make sure you subscribe to the channel like the video and comment below who your favorite play is in the 9k range you cannot pick amanda nunes though i'm going to talk about a couple fighters uh in this video coming up but really curious what you guys have to say and without further ado let's get into my cash game play of the week which is going to be sean o'malley at 9.1k all right cash games this week Look, Amanda Nunes is the obvious target in both cash games and tournaments. She's going to be very, very chalky, 9.5K. She is actually the cash game play of the week, but I felt, you know, there, there's enough fighters in this 9K range besides Nunes that I think are worth talking about. So I'm going to give you one cash game play that I like from this range and one tournament play. By the way, I, the picks last week I know were trash. They, none of them, well, the, the my fate of the week who was, who's my fade? Cap, Manel Cop, uh, ended up smashing cash gameplay. Brendan Allen sucked. Uh, it was not a great slate. And honestly, at, that's part of the game. Um, if you're trying to predict fights every fight every week, give out plays every fight every week uh, for 45 plus cards throughout the year, sometimes things don't work out well. We are right back to the well this week though so uh hopefully fingers crossed our fighters you know do what we expect them to do fight with game plans we expect and come through with some big scores my cash game play of the week is going to be sean o'malley at 9.1k i think he's the safest fighter in this range outside of amanda nunez he's minus 300 to win against holian paiva and i mean i think he's in play for tournaments as well i think he's going to be relatively popular but He's the fighter I would gravitate toward after Nunez. Um, this is, I feel, a pretty strong matchup for him against Paiva, who's only fought once up at bantamweight, otherwise has been competing mostly at flyweight. And the bottom line is here, I expect this fight to play out at range for the majority of time. Paiva only lands 0.62 takedowns per 15 minutes. He has a submission grappling background, and we're not certain as to how strong O'Malley is as a wrestler, but I just don't think Paiva's going to test him much there. He doesn't attempt takedowns at a high rate. He hasn't really been successful um, outside of a couple takedowns in his last fight against a very gassed-out opponent, but Sean O'Malley's coming off a fight against Chris Moutinho in which he was backing up for 15 minutes, landing 230 significant strikes, his cardio checks out for me, so I don't really see that being a concern. So ultimately, I do think this fight plays out at range, and O'Malley's just a much better range striker. He's averaging 8.25 significant strikes per minute, absorbing 3.59 per minute with a 65% striking defense rate. That's very, very strong, and he's big and long for the division. Um, he's going to have a few inches of reach over Paiva, and I expect a similar result. You know, Paiva is going to try and come forward, close the distance. But unlike O'Malley, Paiva doesn't excel at range. He's landed 4.24 significant strikes per minute. He's absorbing 4.9 per minute with a 50% striking defense. 
He's getting hit far more often than he lands strikes, and his defense is very, very poor. And even at flyweight, guys, I mean, he was outstruck at distance by Alan Nascimento, who you've probably never heard of. He fought very competitively at distance with Kaikara France. He outlanded Mark De La Rosa at distance 45 to 44. That is not a, a, a positive number. And he was outstruck very easily by Zagas Zumagulov at distance as well. And now he's fighting an opponent in O'Malley who just landed like 230 distance strikes. Um, 228 to be exact. So not only is O'Malley a more technical striker, a bigger, more physical fighter with superior defense, um, you know, he's getting the fight that he wants here. And, and I think he's going to be able to land strikes at a far higher rate, far more effectively. Paiva was rocked badly in the first round of his last fight against Kyler Phillips. And it wouldn't be shocking to see a knockout from O'Malley here. O'Malley's plus 107 inside the distance. That's pretty strong. Um, no, no one's a guarantee in MMA. And I do worry a little bit about O'Malley's durability issues, getting kicked in the legs, things like that. But relatively for 9.1K, I think O'Malley's pretty safe. Minus 300 to win. Good inside distance line. Strikes at a very high pace. Capable jiu-jitsu fighter as well if necessary. And he is going to be my cash game play of the week. All right, moving on to my tournament play of the week. Again, Nunes is kind of the obvious one. One fight I'd like to talk about, and this will be my play of the week, is going to be Jillian Robertson at 9.3K versus Priscilla Cachoeira. And the kind of the general consensus that I've heard from people is, you know, Robertson shouldn't be this big of a favorite. She's going to lose, etc. And that's that's fine. You're You're entitled to believe whatever you'd like. But I do think Robertson is a good tournament play, partially because I don't think many people are going to use her. If you have the ability to pay up to 9.3K, most people are just going to go to Nunes at 9.5K. Bruno Silva, priced right above her, is probably going to be very popular. He's got a very good chance to win by knockout. You know, Sean O'Malley, as we already talked about, 9.1K. Randy Costa, 9K. There's a lot of very strong fighters in this price range and that is going to make Robertson lower owned than she should be just based on her general style and metrics. She's minus 400 to beat Priscilla Cachoeira and she has a minus 120 inside the distance line and she's a grappling dependent fighter. She's not going to go out there looking to box with Cachoeira and if she does that she might lose and she might get knocked out which I know is a, a theoretical outcome but Cachoeira is poor defensively. She defends takedowns at 63%. She just gave up four takedowns to Gina Mazzani. Um, she gave up multiple takedowns to Molly McCann. Shevchenko destroyed her on the ground. Luana Carolina had a lot of success on the ground. And that's obviously where Jillian Robertson is going to look to take the fight, black belt and jiu-jitsu. Averages 2.54 takedowns per 15 minutes, and she's very solid on top. Um, she's not the most physical or athletic fighter, not a very great striker, but she's a, a very skilled submission grappler capable of earning top control, keeping it, advancing position, and finishing the fight. And like from a tournament perspective, I just think it's 
it's not something where you should just look at Robertson and be like, yeah, I'm not going to play her. There's no reason. Like she is a heavy favorite with a very strong inside distance line against an opponent who's historically very weak on the mat. And she's going to be low owned because there's other fighters in this range who people like as well. And we know how well grappling scores from a DraftKings perspective. So yeah, I don't think Robertson's the safest fighter in the world. I don't think she's a lock to win, and I don't love her skill set. But like, let's just say in theory she does win. Okay, how how is that gonna look? It's gonna come from takedowns for sure. It's gonna come from a lot of control. Probably gonna come from ground and pound, and probably gonna come from a finish. So, are you certain? that she's not worth targeting at a low ownership on DraftKings? Because I'm not. I think she's a very good tournament option when I have the ability to pay up this far. Of course, I like Amanda Nunes. And if you want to prioritize Silva or whoever, that's fine. But I do think you should be considering Robertson at the very least. And on the flip side, Cachoeira, it's fine. If you want to take a flyer on her, it's fine. 6.9K. She has some knockout potential, um, decent cardio. But she, you know, she's, she's plus 300. And she's plus 620 inside the distance. So it's not, a, it's not a fighter that I look at and say, yo, those are great metrics. Like, I can't wait to roster her in 50% of my lineups. If you have to save salary, she's fine as a flyer. But this is a, uh, the first fight of the night. I think a great one to target from a fantasy perspective. And uh, don't overlook Robertson there at 9.3K. She'll be my tournament play of the week. All right, moving on to my salary play. Another fight that I really like. It's the second fight of the night. Randy Costa versus Tony Kelly. I'm going to give out Kelly as my salary play of the week there at 7.2K. In a fight that I think will take place at a very high pace, I think there's probably going to be a victor inside the distance. And there's an interesting dynamic here because... Randy Costa is a very solid prospect, and he's had a lot of success in the UFC. He's a capable early finisher, but like, I mean, he's still six and two professionally at age twenty-seven, and he has never won a fight outside of round one. In fact, he's never won a, he's never won a fight that's lasted longer than two minutes and fifteen seconds. So. And the only two times his fights have extended past round one, what do you think happened? He lost. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we'll continue to see this trend forever. But like, Costa is not a certainty outside of round one. And he's fighting an opponent in Tony Kelly who's never been finished and who's gone the distance twice in his two UFC fights and fought a really hard scrap against Kai Kamaka in which he was hurt early and he was kind of getting beat up early and he came back and landed 43 strikes in round two and 47 in round three and made that matchup competitive and you know he's maybe not as much of an effective striker as Costa maybe he doesn't have as much early KO power maybe he's not a great wrestler but if this fight gets into round two considering Costa has Never in his career had success there. I, I think there's a possibility that Kelly can take over, land a higher volume, has better cardio, um, and win this fight. And he's only plus 145, so it's not like he's plus 300 like Cachoeira. Plus 145 is not a bad number. Um, 
He's, what is he, plus 370 inside the distance. That's not phenomenal, but at 7.2K, I mean, if you drop below Kelly, you're looking at the whole, the, the Holy and Pivas of the world and Cachoeiras and Juliana Pena. So it's once you get below Kelly, there's not many options that stand out to me. And it's not like I have much faith in Kelly, but for this price, for 7.2K against an opponent who has a limited fight history and still ha- is still a very young and inexperienced professional, um, I'm willing to take the chance, of course. I'm will- I think this is going to be a very high-paced fight. Costa always brings it. Kelly's capable of throwing down. I think it's going to be a war. And I think there's a chance that outside of round one, Kelly can take over for the price I'm willing to take the chances. 7.2K, Kelly will be my salary play of the week. All right, moving on to my fade of the week. You know, it's tough because I try I try and give out fighters who are high-priced and very likely to win, um, but it's tough. With all the fight cancellations last week, th- there just weren't that many options in the top end anyway, and, and Cap ended up coming through. Like this week, who... Who would I really be giving out as a fade of the week? Nunes is a fantastic option. Silva, we've talked about. Robertson, we talked about. O'Malley, Costa. You know, Alex Perez. But Alex Perez is fighting a guy in Matt Schnell who's been KO'd in the first round several times. Like, that's... You can fade him. I don't really have a... I'm not really prioritizing Perez over the other fighters in this range. But to, to give him out as a fade is just very risky. So, I don't want to do you a disservice necessarily. The fighter who... I really don't have interest in um, as we move down in salary a little bit. Still a big name as Dominic Cruz at 8.1K in his fight against Pedro Munoz. Um, It's a fight that I think is going to be fun. I like the over in that fight, actually, but I don't like Cruz from a fantasy perspective. Um, He just doesn't land strikes at a super high rate. And... I, although I think he can have some wrestling success against Munoz, Munoz has one of the best guillotines in the sport. So every time he engages in wrestling exchanges, Munoz is going to have some chance to submit him. I, I don't necessarily think that Munoz will submit him, but it's still a threat. And Cruz, I don't think, has much finishing upside. Munoz, in 25 career fights, has never been knocked out, never been submitted. I think he's a better submission grappler than Cruz, so a submission here would be very surprising. And Cruz winning by knockout would, would be very surprising. You know, he lands 3.65 significant strikes per minute. He's coming off a good fight against uh, Casey Kenny, in which he scored 85 points in a decision that came with a couple takedowns, came with 89 significant strikes. But other than that, you know, he's just, he's not the best fantasy scorer. And when he scores well, it typically comes with takedowns back in his in the 2010s era where he's landing, you know, 10 takedowns against Demetrius Johnson. Yeah, that's going to score well from a fantasy perspective. But in this day and age, I just don't think he's going to be attempting that many takedowns. Um, it's a risk against Munoz, who who defends at 80%. So with 15 fights on the slate, we're going to need big scores. And I'd really be looking from a finish from Dominic Cruz at this price for him, for him to end up on the optimal lineup at 8.1K. And I just don't think that's very realistic. He is plus, I believe, plus 500 to win inside the distance here, which is just very poor. 
Munoz plus 280. He at least has some knockout potential, some submission potential. So he'd be my preferred play in that matchup. Cruz just doesn't do it for me. Not enough wrestling, not enough striking, not enough finishing equity. So he is going to be my fade of the week on this slate. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's UFC Quick Picks. Thank you for the support, as always. You can follow me on Twitter, at RedAppleyDoubleTWP, DailyFanMMA.com for all your DraftKings breakdowns needs. I just got off the phone with my boy, AJ Shulo. Hour and a half podcast posted uh, on the site there for premium members. Working on every single breakdown as well. Rankings, projections, got betting content up for you as well. It's a great, uh, great fight card. Wish you the best of luck, as always. Stay safe out there. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.